From VT Digger, I'm Riley Robinson. This is The Deeper Dig. I'm really excited that we're bringing you a bonus episode today. I sat down with a Vermont singer-songwriter, Noah Kahn. If you get too close And I'm not how you hoped Fuck if I know the He grew up in the Upper Valley in Stratford and in Hanover, New Hampshire, but his music has found fans way outside of small-town Vermont. He's hit number one on the Spotify Viral Songs chart, he's appeared on CBS This Morning and Jimmy Kimmel, and his music has racked up more than one billion streams. You probably know his most recent album, Stick Season, which he's described as a love letter to New England. He recorded the record at Guilford Sound Studio in Vermont. But before that, it started with the song, Stick Season. He posted clips and performed it live on social media. Doc told me to travel, but there's COVID on the plains, and I love Vermont, but it's the season of the sticks, and I suck your People started commenting and asking him to release it. He tested it out live on tour, and a fan's video from that went viral. He released the Stick Season album in October. So he's gone from IG Live performances to shows that sound like this. Noah's going back on tour later this month. He's sold out venues coast to coast. He's playing Boston Calling and Bonnaroo. And he's sold out two nights of shows on the Burlington waterfront. Here's Noah Kahn. So, I'm going to start at the beginning. Can you tell me about what you were like as a kid in Stratford and how you got into writing music? Yeah, so I guess I I lived in Stratford until I was like six and then moved to Hanover. New Hampshire, um, and went to school in Hanover. I had three siblings. I was the, kind of the other, so I have two older, older brother and older sister than a younger brother, and I was kind of in the middle there. As a kid, like full energy, I didn't really care for school much. I was a decent student. My mom is uh, is an author, and so I had my mom who would help me with my writing, and I started writing songs when I was like eight years old, uh, and they were like these super depressing songs, like really sad, like sadder than the stuff I made now, which is like really an achievement um and it was like lots of tough songs and sad stuff and i got a guitar for my ninth birthday and i would play the songs for my mom and then i would uh she would give me like pretty good criticism on them and like she was never she was like she was never mean or like too harsh but she would be like yo this is like this is why you need to fix this or like i don't like that one for this reason or i like this for this reason um I think at the time I wanted to be told everything was really good, but I, I, I look back and I'm really grateful for that advice because it helped me uh, kind of get better at writing. And I just write every day. And, um, you know, in school, I was always kind of like class clown, idiot, just kind of always didn't, re- didn't really feel like I was like um, representing myself very well in school, but I would go home and write songs. And um, uh, that's kind of when I felt like the most me, I guess. And um, yeah, I, would, I wrote songs until I was like, for every day for years and then I started when I was like 12 or 13 doing open mics in town in Hanover I would do open mics at a restaurant called Jesse's every Thursday and it was like what I look forward to all the time and um I would play songs and 
play my own original songs to a bunch of people that weren't listening and trying to eat baked potatoes and shit. And um, I, uh, I kept writing and started kind of like introducing my musical self into like my school life, which I think was cool because I think it kind of provided me with a little bit of security in myself. I think I was always trying to like just be somebody I wasn't and trying to be like funny and I could be kind of a dick. And I think it was nice when I like, kind of started to play music. I started to play the school talent shows and join like the acapella that I started to kind of like be like, Oh, this he's not just an asshole. Like he's, he can make music and he's got something else to him. And that really helped uh, give me some confidence in my, in my music. And I did more open mics and I started working with um, a producer that was a senior when I was a sophomore and he was like really cool. And he did all this like kind of like electronic stuff. And so I would bring these like folky songs and we would do like, this is like when Avicii was huge and like this kind of like folk, EDM stuff was happening so we would kind of make that kind of music and um it was a uh, really cool and it started to, like get some traction on online um and that's kind of where you know the professional career started it was the music was found by um by a record label and a manager and um as my senior year I got offered a record deal and I decided to not go to college because my, my was pretty I had to decide between Tulane and, and taking the record deal my parents were like you hate school you're not a great student um you know, you're definitely going to like join a fraternity and like just drink your way through college. Like just go take, I don't want to, they basically didn't want to spend $63,000 a year for me to like drop out and be a musician anyway. So they're like, take the record deal. Um, and I ended up doing that. And that's kind of how uh, the music career started. When you say you were found, how were you like, is this YouTube or? Uh, it was SoundCloud actually. Um, so I, I, we put the songs up on, on a SoundCloud. We actually did a song with another producer who had already graduated from Hanover named, uh, from Norwich, Vermont named Andrew Holtzberger, who was like, kind of like a legend. He was like, he had a couple songs and had like hundreds of thousands of streams. And, you know, he had like a, he had toured a little bit with his older brother and I was really excited to get to work with him. And we, he, he just produced a song, uh, I made called sync that, um, he didn't really put like a crazy EDM thing to, he kind of just made it like a nice, um, acoustic like Ed Sheeran style song. And um, we put it on SoundCloud. And I remember like one day it uh, was at, it was probably at like a thousand plays. And for me, it was so cool. Like I would count down until it got to a thousand um, and be so excited. And we would call each other and be excited. But then it started getting like a thousand a day for like a week. And it was at like 10,000. I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Like something's going on. Um, and then I guess like these A&Rs that are just prowling on SoundCloud or whatever, just, um, found the music it was kind of right before spotify i feel like was really blowing up or maybe like kind of right right during um but i hadn't really discovered that yet i didn't know how to put a song on spotify so it was all on soundcloud and and uh yeah label label found it and connected me with this manager who came to uh new hampshire and we went and got dinner at the hanover inn in hanover and um he met my parents and, and i we were all afraid that he was actually going to be like a pedophile because he like reached out to me on soundcloud i was like who's this like weird guy who wants to come to new uh, come to vermont come to new hampshire to meet me like that's really creepy and weird and so uh, we were like you have to meet us in a public place and so we had to meet us at this restaurant he ended up being a really cool guy um he talked to my parents and uh yeah i went out to la and recorded sync um and then i went to new york and i played sync for um republic records and uh a couple hours later they offered me a, a record deal well so i'm gonna fast forward in the story a little bit Tell me what your life was like right when the pandemic hit in early 2020. Um, yeah, I was I was living in New York uh, in the East Village. I feel like I didn't realize when I started music that it, it's really just what you make it. It's kind of like no one's going to tell you to wake up every day and make music. And so I, I was kind of like in Vermont between tours and I was 
just like waking up and not doing anything. Cause I couldn't, I was so frustrated at, you know, feeling like I had writer's block for like years and um, wasn't making anything that I cared about. So I moved to New York. So I wanted to like get in the studio and get into sessions every day and like feel like I was working, um, which is probably the wrong approach. I thought like, I just need to dig through this kind of like feeling of lack of inspire inspiration that I had and just go into the studio and work a bunch. And I was doing that. And I really felt like it became a job. I was like making music every day, but it wasn't music that I really loved. And I was working every day, but I didn't feel proud of any of it. And I really burnt myself out. And I would spend all day like scrolling through Instagram and, and just like comparing myself to everybody. And I got to a place where I was really depressed and really like burnt out and like was like kind of having the conversation of like, all right, like, do I go to college? Do I go back to school? Or do I like try to find a different job or what am I going to do? And then the pandemic happened, um, which is obviously tragic for so many people, but, and for me and for my family, but in a lot of ways it allowed me kind of just a quick second to, to recalibrate myself and to um, get home and kind of like feel like I wasn't completely alone in this feeling that I was having for so long. I felt like I had felt out of place and like kind of lost for so long. And then everyone at once felt out of place and lost. And it kind of made me feel like connected to everybody again and connected to myself and, and like valuable as a human again. And um, I think that freedom allowed me just to kind of start getting back to what I loved about music, which was just like writing stories and writing songs about you know, New England and writing songs about where I'm from and, and uh, telling stories. And so I started doing that and I, and I released an EP called Cape Elizabeth. And that kind of started reinvigorating my love for music in a lot of ways because I it was just something that I loved. I made it with the little brother of the guy who I first started working with in high school, um, who was also an amazing producer. We were at the same house in the same studio and it just felt like I was a kid again making music because it was fun. And people liked people liked the album and people sorry the EP and people really liked it and that was like really cool to think like oh I can make stuff that I really like and that makes me happy and, and other people like it too it's not like I have to kind of be comparing myself to other artists or like trying to like be a musician the way I think you're supposed to to uh to have success and and that way the pandemic was really freeing for me um, and I also got to go back home and I was at home in my folks place and um, uh, that was oh my god it's snowing right now that's so fun. Um, and that was really a really important time for me to be able to reconnect with my family and reconnect with Vermont and um, reconnect with myself musically. You said somewhere that Vermont is one of the loneliest places in the world to live. When when did that really hit for you? Um, it really hit. Uh, so I went home for the pandemic and there was that kind of like three month period where like my brothers were home, my sister was around and that was fun. And like my friends were kind of home and, you know, we wouldn't see each other much because of COVID, but I would be able to see them. And, and then everybody kind of went back to life a little bit when things started to slow down and the vaccine started to roll out, but I was still very much living in Vermont. Um, you know, during those really lonely months of like January through April, just like by myself in my dad's barn. Um, I was really isolated and I kind of started to realize that I was surrounded by miles and miles of empty space and nothing but my own thoughts. And I didn't really feel like there was any escape. There was no sessions happening anywhere. I couldn't really travel anywhere. Um, and so I was just in Vermont kind of experiencing a lot of isolation and uh, kind of finding out who I was without anything else. And that was really scary to like have to be alone all the time and be alone in my thoughts. And um, I started writing about that and, 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 experience, and experiencing that through music, which was really helpful. Um, but it was definitely a really lonely time. You know, I, I've said before, Vermont has the second oldest population in the country and um, the, it's the second most rural state in the country. And um, I really experienced how lonely that is and how lonely those statistics can make you feel. 
Mm. Stick season, it's so Vermonty. Do you have any theories about why that and that metaphor has resonated with so many people? Um, yeah, I was uh, really worried that it would like alienate people from like the universality of the music wouldn't be there just because it was such a specific line about a state that, you know, people think is in Canada. Like people don't know Vermont. Like I go, I go to LA and I'm like, yeah, I'm from Vermont. Like, that's cool. Like that's up in Canada. Like, no, it's, it's not. And they're like, Oh, Bernie Sanders. I'm like, yeah, he's yeah, (laughs) but there's more to it. Um, so I, when I wrote that, I was worried it would isolate people. And, um, but, but at the time I was at such a place of like, I just need to make music that I like. And like, that was what I liked. I liked singing about Vermont and what I was going through. And, um, and I think when I put it out, people, related people from Vermont are of course related to it and people from New England of course related to the the themes but I think people felt the uh isolation and loneliness was something that they could connect to um you know we all feel isolated I felt isolated in New York City one of the biggest cities in the world um I felt alone in the city more than I did when I was at home um so I I kind of wanted to make people feel comfortable and feeling alone no matter where they were whether it was a city or the countryside and I think isolation can speak to anybody. Um, it doesn't have to be a uh, Vermont specific feeling. And, and that was really cool to see, you know, something that connected with me, something specific about Vermont connected people that lived in Seattle and Texas all over the country. So that was a, uh, that was a real cool uh, vindication for me that, you know, music can reach anybody just regardless of circumstance. I think maybe it's harder to feel lonely in a room full of people or a city full of people. I wanted to ask you about some specific lyrics. I'm still angry at my parents for what their parents did to them, but it's a start. Cancel out the darkness I inherited from dad, and I'm still angry at my parents for what their parents did to them. Did you and your parents ever talk about those lyrics? Have you ever? What was that like? Yeah, so when I went home, right when I got home for COVID, my parents got divorced. Um, So I was like home through all of that. And I was having some really complicated feelings with all that, obviously, as you know, as you do when your folks get divorced and gosh, it was so hard for them too. And, um, and it was really sad. And I, I, a lot of times, you know, I have a great relationship with my parents, but it was definitely something that like was really hard for me to go through. And so it was happening as I was home and as I was writing and it kind of seeped its way into my music. And so I, I didn't really have any, I wasn't going to therapy at the time. So I wasn't really able to process those feelings anyway through through like besides like putting them uh into songs and it was hard to talk to both my parents about it because they're obviously biased you know they're going through it in a bigger way than I am so it's hard to get like to kind of have that dialogue and kind of come to a place of like reality or come to a place of like understanding with them so I I uh, started to write in my music and um you know my I've been writing about my family and my personal my personal life since I started writing and so I don't think it came as like a shock to anybody and it but it definitely was like a conversation that I had with them um, before the record came out. Like, hey, I'm sorry if you guys feel like uncomfortable about this. And I don't know if they have or not, or if they do. Um, I still have a great relationship with my parents, but it was something that I needed to say and, and something that I needed to process. And I I, um, I wish I could have had music that talked about that when I was going through it. And so I was great. I was, I felt like I had a responsibility to like sing about that so that maybe people could um, relate to it and feel like they're being, understood in their own experience through my songs um so it was important i think it was a necessary necessary step and it helped me process it and hopefully it's helped other people go through that and um you know in a lot of ways like i think it like allowed me to like maybe my parents through my songs heard how i was feeling a little bit um you know so i think it was helpful i think what's cool about music is like 
for me is when someone says something that you're going through that you didn't think anybody else in the world had been through before. Um, and that's always the, those are always the lyrics that made me feel less alone when I was younger. And I wanted to provide that for somebody else, you know? So that's why I put those lyrics in there. Does it feel, did it feel weird putting out lyrics that were really vulnerable? Does it ever stop feeling weird? No. So it feels weird. Like it feels weird when you are like listening to it with your mom or you're like, you're listening to it in your therapist. I read a lot about my therapist in one of the songs. Like I have therapy and it's not really even about her, but it's about therapy. And sometimes it feels weird to like have there be like a kind of like a hidden knowledge that people have about how you might really feel about something while you're trying to have like a conversation about something else. And I think a lot of times music and my music is like the most exaggerated version of how I'm feeling. Like, you know, it's never, I'm never, I'm not walking around like, Oh my God, I'm so angry at my grandparents for putting my parents through that, which is why they're putting me through this. You know, it's never really like that. It's more like, these are feelings that I have deep down that I'm like exacerbating for uh, the effect of the lyric, you know, the effect of the song to kind of impact people emotionally and to kind of draw those conclusions within oneself. So it didn't, it definitely felt a little strange, but again, like the vulnerability is really important because that's what helps other people accept their own insecurities and vulnerabilities. So I felt like there was like kind of like a duty slash like justice in it um, that made it a little less uncomfortable. Um, and then when you go and play the songs on stage and you see people screaming them and like really getting into those lyrics, like you see the effect it has and it makes it all worthwhile. The, the discomfort feels um, justified. What was it like coming home in November? Was it different coming home this time around after after this leg of the tour? Um, it wasn't different when I got home. Like my, my family has always treated me the same. My, my friends have always treated me the same. It's definitely like a level of there's kind of been this weirdness that I've been dealing with of like, I wrote this whole record about my experiences in Vermont and then kind of coming back and like trying to square the reality of living in Vermont with like what I've decided it is. Um, sometimes it feels like, like I said, a lot of it's exaggerated. A lot of it is, is not necessarily, you know, specific to where I'm from, but more specific to small towns in general. So I'm kind of like feeling like I'm trying to fit into the world that I think it is instead of just living in it. And it kind of has this weird dissonance of like, all right, I'm back home. I feel like I've said everything I needed to say about Vermont, um, about New England. And then I'm trying to like, just live in it with this like perception of it I have. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of confusing. It's kind of weird. I guess just like being back home and like, and having people know that you feel this way about something and that you've made like such a specific statement on a place and then kind of living in that place and having people know that you've made that statement. It's like, I, it's, it's definitely just a little more there's like a little bit of a weirdness of existing in a place that you've just like written about for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I think like a lot of it's kind of romantic too. Like a lot of the lyrics are kind of romantic, more rom like a little romanticizing that I come home and I'm like, Oh, it's just like shitty and cold. Like it's not like I'm not experiencing this like crazy depth of emotion and depth of like experience right now. I'm just cold at home. And like my dog just took a shit, got to clean it up. Like, it's just like that simple. Um, so it's been a little bit strange. Um, and like with some of the, like the, I guess like, being in a small town, like, I feel like I'm, people have, like, sometimes will notice me, and sometimes I feel like I don't want to, like, walk around town, because I feel like people are like, oh, there's, like, the Vermont guy walking through Vermont, like, how cool is that? But that's kind of just, like, an insecurity that I'm, like, blowing up in my head. I don't think people are feeling like that, but it's been a little bit strange, for sure. You're now the Vermont guy, got the flannel and everything. Yeah, I'm very much a stereotype. I think, <laughs> and then people are like, I've lived here my whole life, and I don't know what stick season is. I'm like, okay, well, it is a thing. And people, it is real. So I didn't just make it up. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Weird. Is there anything that you really miss about Vermont when you're touring? Or anything that when you come back, you're like, I need to make sure I stop here? 
yeah, I, I really just miss being able to like go on a hike or go walk around and be out in nature. There's so much to do in Vermont outside, um, which I always miss when I'm on the road. And I also miss like the way people are. Like, I feel like people, well, sometimes like I'll travel the country and like people just act so different in different parts of the country. Like in California, like in, in the South and California, everyone's like so con- nice and like outwardly nice. And, but I always feel like suspicious of their motives. Whereas like I'm in Vermont and like no one's really that nice, but I always know people are like true and like kind. Um, and so I kind of miss that. I miss like being told the truth. Like I feel like when I go home, I, I uh, I'm like always dealing with people's like very logical and very like sometimes harshly true judgments and statements. And I don't feel like I find that in a lot of different parts of the country. So I miss that kind of like brutal honesty. And then I just miss being outside and like I, I miss being able to do things outside um, when I'm in Vermont because I I, I live on a in, on a big like big property with like a bunch of trees and nature and stuff. So it's fun to like walk around and I miss that a lot for sure. Hmm. Is there anything else about Vermont and how it shaped who you are as a musician or as a person? Yeah, I think um, space. Like when I was growing up, like I grew up in two, two small towns um, and I was forced to kind of, I was so bored that I kind of found a way to like create a universe that was really exciting and like, I really like exercised my imagination and, that forced me to like, kind of like think, you know, creatively a lot. Um, and being in a small town and like kind of having that boredom allowed me to be really creative in my writing. Um, and so I feel like if I had grown up in a city, I would have been a little bit more distracted by what was going on. Whereas I was distracted by what wasn't going on when I was in Vermont. And that allowed me to kind of write and create, you know, worlds in my head and, and write songs that sound super like arrogant worlds in my head. But you know what I mean? Like just feeling like I had to like, think outside of the situation I was currently in and that allowed me to be imaginative. And um, I think if I hadn't grown up in a small town, I might not have had the same level of imagination that I, that I have. And, and that plays into the music. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Thank Bye. you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You can find more reporting from the VT Digger newsroom at vtdigger.org. We'll be back in your feed soon.